This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. If you haven't heard about Anchor, let me tell you, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Check this out. It is free. No, I'm serious. It's free, 100%. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor then distributes that podcast for you, and you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from that podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. another edition of midweek benches and this week we are running a skeleton crew we got schweitz up in canada steak sauce out in albuquerque and mayor matt down in cartersville georgia how you fellas doing Doing well, you great. kind of refer to us as a skeleton, so I feel good about that. <laughs> so I've been doing yeah. that in a long time. Everybody's <laughs> getting into, uh, you know, into shape for summer, getting their bikini bod going. Yeah, guess, give me some flexes on the. Uh, there we go. There we go. Everybody's looking good. Hope everybody has had a chance to listen to uh, the past couple of days of shows. I just finished up, um, you know, really kind of like this schedule where I have Wednesdays to kind of catch up if I didn't get a chance to get everything in the, you know, the, the past couple of days. Um, so I just finished up listening to them talk about blackjack and I am not a cards player. It's too stressful for me. I'll be honest with you as I'm sitting there, like, I don't ever know what to do. I don't ever know how to bluff. I don't ever know how to, when I should hit, when I should not hit sure as hell don't know how to count cards. Right. I'm terrible at this. Um, but one of my favorite pieces of trivia, you guys might not find this impressive. I do. Is that when you take a brand new deck of cards out of a box and you shuffle it one time, you are creating a deck of cards that has never been created in the history of the universe. That is how exponential the number 52 is. I know it sounds, it sounds puzzling, but look this up. When you shuffle a deck of cards, 52 is such a ginormous number, you know, like think of a one and then 52 zeros behind it. It is such a gigantic number that the odds are that you are, creating a deck that has never existed in the history of the universe. Now for people listening at home, I probably explained that horribly, but if you Google this and you, you look up mathematicians and people that actually do this stuff for a living, they will tell you the same thing. Thoughts. First, first I need to look up exponential. <laughs> All right. So, so steak needs to hit the, uh, the dictionary up here, Matt. Well, I'm thinking, isn't it just a 52 factorial, one times two times three times? It, it doesn't seem like that number should be that large, but I guess I'm, I guess my thought process, there must be a, a flaw in my thinking, which isn't that uncommon. 
Well, it's 52 is a number that we can grasp, right? Like we play with a deck of cards all the time. However, it's the order of those 52 things. It's the possibility of the order in which they fall that becomes such a great, like such a larger number than 52 that we can't even possibly wrap our heads around our, our little key minds can't grasp it. Mine included mine first and foremost. Um, so uh, factorial. Sure. Mayor Matt, you, that sounds like, you know what you're talking about and I'm not going to challenge you on that because I sure as hell do not know what a factorial is. Well, let, let's go ahead and cut the deck and let's go ahead and get to it. Hitting on yeah. 16 or no. Yes. I've played tons of blackjack. I've played for hours and hours and hours at a time consecutively. Always hit a 16 against a 10. Have some balls, man. You want to go down fighting. You rather you rather go out. You rather die on your feet than live on your knees. You know what I mean? Was that There's not the, a worse I, feeling than sitting there with a 16 and then watching the dealer flip over a seven. You didn't it, even give yourself a chance to win. Except, except Witty didn't really point out what the dealer had. The Witty just said you always hit on 16. No, no, no. That's what. Well, well, I I understand that. I played I I played blackjack. Depends what the dealer's showing. If the dealer's showing a five. That's very different than if a dealer showed yeah. a 10. That but was my question. 10, I don't remember that parameter being there that, that is with the dealer showing a 10, but I'm with you. If the dealer, if, if it's a five, I'm, I might hang back. If it's a 10, you, you got to hit. If you, if you hit a six, if you, you hit a 16 against a five, you get off my table. Like I'm going to be, I'm going to be getting removed <laughs> from the table for trying to remove you from the table. Stake's going to recreate a scene from a uh, casino. With uh, I'm Joe totally, Pesci I'm in totally it. That, yeah, I'm totally that guy too that sits at the table and like screams at other people when they fuck up. And then I yell at him. I'm like, why would you do that? And then the card comes that fucked me. And I'm just like pointing at it and staring at him. I'm like, see that fucking card? That was my card. I'm not pleasant to play blackjack with. Don't ever go to Vegas with me. You sound like a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys have any kind of uh, like rules when you play cards besides that? Uh, like that you stick to every every hand? I try to do a, a progressive, not a progressive betting system, but just kind of like switch up my bets. So I'll do first hand, I'll do one unit. If I hit that, I'll keep the one that I won and put in another one. So I'll bet three. If I win that, I'll pull back and have a two unit bet out there. Then if I hit that, I go six. And then I start the cycle over again if I hit four in a row. And then at any time you lose, you just start over at the one again. Okay. Mayor Matt, similar, what about you? Similar. You just have to pull back and make sure that you're not constantly leaving everything out that you want to you want to be able to it's like a, if you own a business you you don't want to spend all your profit you, you want to be able to pull a little bit back for yourself and then reinvest back sure. in and, and you also have to know when when to walk away and what i do is once i make once i make 100 uh, profits let's say i sit down with a hundred dollars once i have 200 on the table i'll color up a hundred dollars with the chips get one black chip and put it in my pocket and now i'm just playing with a hundred dollar profit so worst case scenario i'm breaking even smart man smart man what about you schweitz I'm similar to to stake. Uh, the beauty I play pretty much blackjack. If I'm if I'm playing anything, the beauty is there is a uh, system's probably not the right word, but there is a basic strategy. The dealer helps you with that. The dealer wants you to win because if you win, you tip them. So generally, the table wants you to do well. The dealer wants you to do well. So play a basic strategy. You can ask the dealer for help. They'll give you an honest honest response. You can ask the guy next to you. Just don't want to be annoying. You don't want to. To, to hit at a bunch of the wrong times but like i would stick at poker i don't have a i would just bluff every time yeah the, the thing the thing that i got is um the the other question relative to that stake i know this is your topic but the playing 
craps versus blackjack. Now I'll tell you this right off the top. I'm, I am very cheap and, but craps is fun. If you're having like a charity casino night and playing with fake money, craps is so much fun. I don't think I could ever do it with real money. Cause you end up with so much on the line, but man, there is nothing better than being on a heater and a table full of people just constantly winning money and roll after roll. See, I was going to go there. See, my favorite table game is roulette because you don't have to think like blackjack. You have to be paying attention and you have to make decisions. Roulette, you just fucking pick a number, let it go. I know how to play street craps, but I've never played in a casino. And it just, it looks like the most fun anybody's ever had, but it's so intimidating too. Like I said on the show, it looks like a foreign language laid out on the table. <laughs> All right. Uh, great, great info. Great tips. Uh, well, I'm assuming they're great tips. I don't play any of these games because I don't have any casinos around me. So I don't know. You guys could have just uh, lost a whole bunch of money for our listeners. Um, all right. Mayor Matt, what do you got this week? Well, I did. Hopefully we'll circle back around to, to Stu's uh, parking lot bingo. His little uh, play by play <laughs> of what was going on on the way trying to come in. That was a lot of fun. But the one that got me the most was the discussion about bananas and banana peels and whether or not they were really slippery or not. I know this sounds weird, but. Just last uh, week, I was playing in a charity golf tournament. We had our box lunches delivered to us while we were playing, and there was a banana in it. And I asked my buddies, I said, have you ever tried stepping on a banana peel? And he was like, no. And I said, well, I'm telling you, <laughs> they are really, really slippery. Make sure you're holding on to something. So he put that on the, his hand on the side of the golf cart. I put a banana peel down, and you work it back and forth a few times. And I'm telling you, man, it's, it is it is so slick. And for the, for Chris and them to go, oh, this this isn't real. It doesn't work. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter if it's a ripe banana, a, an underripe banana. It is very, very slick. Make sure you're holding on to something when you try it. Completely agree. The key to a slippery banana peel is that there's a tiny bit of the banana left in the peel that if you've ever mushed up a banana, it is so slimy because I mean, fruit that they're, they're like 70, 80, 90% water. Right. So like that kind of gel congeal slime stuff gets mushed. And then the, the banana peel is right on top of it. It is absolutely slick. I completely agree with you. I've actually lost my balance on a banana peel at work because we are, cavemen and we throw our food on the ground in our work base sometimes or miss the trash can or you know there's an old banana peel in a car or something that doesn't make it all the way could not agree with you more so you've actually <laughs> slipped on a banana peel like walking in your in your work environment Correct. like in an in an uncontrolled area you just happen to step on a banana peel like they were talking about in the in the old movies correct that's yep. a little that's a little bizarre yeah <laughs> I, I know a few years ago uh one of those viral challenges that you know, would be now TikTok challenges, but previous, you know, Vine, I think, uh, was a bunch of teens putting banana peels on the ground and then just walking on on them. You can go on YouTube and just find all these kids wiping out as uh, they try to step on banana peels in their kitchens. You know, I, I am kind of, I'm formulating a hypothesis as we talk about this. I wonder when bananas became basically available year round as produce in the United States. I wonder if that coincided with when animation was taking off kind of in like the 20s and 30s and 40s where we start importing fruit. And I wonder, you know, we, we used to be real bad about sanitation, right? People would just throw their their trash everywhere, particularly food matter because it just rots or, you know, rats come and take it away or something like that. Similar to the way that uh, cartoons used to depict pianos falling on your head, right? 
The reason for that is because people that lived in apartment buildings, piano movers, that's how they would get them in the, the second story windows. And pianos were built. I think they were called Martha Washington pianos. They were fit perfectly uh, to the size of the windows at the time. Uh, so they could slide right into your your uh, living room of your apartment. I wonder if that's like an old trope or something from when, we, you know, maybe we had a banana peel onslaught. Hmm. All right. Imagine being a piano, <laughs> a piano mover back then. Like that seems like so much work for something that's just like a luxury. So I mean, that'd be a shitty job. It, it it is a shitty job. I have actually hired piano movers before. Believe it or not, uh, man, I feel like Greg Cody on this call. I slipped on a banana peel and I've hired piano movers. Uh, so we have a player piano uh, that we bought from my wife's grandparents' estate sale. And it is the heaviest, most ungodly object you have ever tried to lift in your life. It is ridiculous. So I called a moving company and said, there's no way even I have I had to move it like 40 feet. OK, that's what we're talking about. 40 feet from the driveway up like seven stairs into my living room and. There was no way in hell I was going to put my friends through this. So I paid $300 for six college guys to come over that looked like they were NFL linemen uh, from this company. And they they picked it up and, and brought it into the house. It was ridiculous. Let me give you another little life hack here. If, if you ever uh, have a child that or if you ever want to acquire a piano, the one thing that a lot of people do is you go start looking at the prices of pianos and you go, holy smokes, these are expensive. Go ahead and take a look on Craigslist or start scouring where the used things are. People, it's almost like a boat. People, their happiest days when they get a boat and their second happiest <laughs> days when they get rid of the boat. 100%. So many people, they're moving and they don't have room for their piano. They're like, somebody just get this, come take this piano. I was able to find one for my daughter. Uh, for like, it was like 50 bucks. They were like, we just need it out of here. So I said, here's the 50 bucks paid uh, moving a local moving, moving company, 400 bucks, or I guess it was about 350 bucks to move it to our house, had it tuned for a hundred bucks. And for 500 bucks, I had a piano sitting in my house. Now, when we moved, we don't have the piano anymore. So uh, I, I can't remember if, I mean, I, we may have even just given it to the guy, the guy was getting it for his wife for Christmas and they were just so thrilled to have it we're like you know what don't even bother with the money just take it and enjoy it this might be surprising to you guys given how uh you know classy and mature and high culture i am but um i don't think i've ever seen a pianist i've never seen a piano i don't think i thought they like went out of they went extinct in like the 80s when keyboards were invented and people realized they could just tend to rock that bitch hold on hold on hold on where would i see a piano where do i go where there'd be a piano schweiss's head just exploded he just fell out of the Zoom. I'm pretty sure you killed him with that information stake. You've never seen a piano before. I don't You've think never... I can't, um, I can't okay. put myself somewhere where there'd be a piano. Was like, there one in the Was there one in the hotel? In the lobby? Yeah, maybe. There's not any at the casinos? Certainly there's ones at the casinos. Maybe. I just can't picture. Yeah, maybe. I just can't in put myself anywhere in the same room with a piano. And if I can, why was I there? Where this? Why would I be anywhere where this? Like, I don't know. I don't get it. Maybe, you know, maybe there was some bar I went to where they did like dueling pianos or something one night. Maybe. I feel like there has to have been. I grew up. So I grew up. My uncle had a piano in his house. He plays. My grandmother played piano at church. Um, we've had a piano. Uh, we did the same thing. Mayor Matt. Is an organ a piano? No. No. Oh well, shit. Because I've been to church <laughs> a few times. 
Mayor Matt, we did the exact same thing. You're talking about looking on Facebook. We got a piano for a hundred bucks and that piano had every uh, piano tuner that had ever tuned its initials written on the back from like 1922. It was incredible. And we got this thing for a hundred dollars is amazing. Little, little artifact. Um, and then we we ended up regifting it to a couple whose uh, daughter wanted to play and we were getting the player piano. So they came and hauled that one off and, and uh, we had the player piano now. But steak. OK, dog, when uh, when we meet up in Moss uh, from for Moss, we have to take you to go see a piano in the wild. OK, I'll hunt one down in Miami and, and we'll go experience a piano together. I'm excited. It should be fun. <laughs> it's it's a little bit, I, you know. My, Sounds like you're grip. taking him to the bunny ranch or something. It's like we're gonna we're gonna take you. We're gonna show you a piano. Yeah, this is like this is like when your kid learns about like a, a new animal or something, right? Like it's like taking him to the zoo to see a, a giraffe or an elephant for the first time. I guarantee you, I've seen more uh, strippers on self-expression poles than I have pianos. <laughs> oh man. Okay. All right. Steak sauce. What do you got this week? Help me. Uh, I've had a really good week, man. So help me rank these moments that I've experienced. So uh, okay. Sunday night, I was on a Zoom having some drinks with Mr. Goat Piss Mike. Excellent. Uh, Monday in hour one, Stugat said the word steak sauce. Then again, in weekend observations, he said the word steak sauce, but he talked about hour it a two. little longer. Hour two. And then uh, this morning, I was on a Zoom, recorded a podcast with Mike Ryan. And then this afternoon, I got my vaccine. So how do we rank those, man? I love the show and I love Go Piss, but I've been working every day throughout this pandemic and going into the office. And uh, I've been waiting for this vaccine for a long time, man. So that's uh, to be serious. Like that was a huge deal for me. But at the same time, I'm a huge attention whore. And I said my my name twice on the, my favorite show. So that's tough. Oh, well, congratulations on the vaccine. First of all, that's awesome. Glad to hear it. I don't know. Uh, Schweitz, Mayor, what, what do you guys think about those? Uh, I'm going to say getting your name set on the show is always a, you know, a good thing. I think the vaccine should rank number one as a, you know, as a message we need to send out into the world that get, <laughs> go get your vaccine, everyone. Yep. Uh, but, uh, getting your name set on the show multiple times in multiple segments is always a plus for any of us. In that context too, uh, ripping sister Jean. Uh, talking about steak sauce in, in relation to ripping sister Jean is, is one of the funniest things, uh, that I've ever seen. And I saw Mina, uh, she, she was kind of ripping sister Jean last week. Of course, it's all, it's all fun and games, you know, uh, Mayor Matt, I see a look came across your face. What, what do you think? Well, you know, it's, it's Holy Week guys. Uh, it's Holy Week. Oh, that's true. And, that's true. And, uh, so for him to be ripping sister Jean on Holy Week, it just, kind of hit me in a tough spot but that's okay no i i'm, I'm totally fine lightning's so, gonna strike the uh clevelander <laughs> <laughs> steak to get to your i think the vaccine is is number one and you know i had somebody ask me because why did you, why are you getting vaccinated and i said you know i haven't and actually i haven't even talked about it this is the first time i'm talking publicly about it. i've got my first shot in uh i'm not making a big public spectacle about it as an elected official or anything like that it's it's kind of a private thing but i'm here i am sharing it but it's like, I want to be able to go to concerts again. I want to be able to travel, you know, more, more than anything else. I want to be able to hug my mother and not be concerned about possibly getting her ill. Uh, I want to be able to spend time with family and friends. I want to go lick door handles at the waffle house. How about that? I want, well, I'm going to get yes. vaccinated so that I can go do whatever the heck I want without the fear of either getting sick or potentially getting somebody else sick. And um, I know enough friends that have suffered from this 
and uh, uh, crispy, you're one of them, but you know, I've got people that had worse outcomes than that. And um, so getting vaccinated one, I would say being mentioned on the air <laughs> twice uh, is, is outstanding. Being able to talk to Mike Ryan, I would go three and apologies to go piss Mike, uh, but he's number four, but it, it's all, again, it's what, there's not a worst to have. I mean, those are all four pretty fantastic things. So you've had a pretty good, pretty good week. That's a hell of a what week, about, right? What about drunk shopping at Costco? That was a good time too. That's that's easy number five right there. I'm, that's right. You, know, you got me, Matt. You got me excited to go lick a piano now. Yeah, right, right there on the keys. I mean, you know they're clean. Yeah. People's hands yeah. have been all over them. Well, that I that is a very good point. I have never it has never crossed my mind how dirty the keys of a piano have to be because how do you like? Do, I know you can wipe the surface down, but like you can't really spray anything on them, right? Oh, Mayor Matt's shaking no. No, no, you can't. Schweitz has a comment, though. So my grandmother is a concert pianist, uh, taught music in schools for 50 years, um, had multiple pianos in, you know, in her house. She had a, a room with two and would do dueling pianos with her sister, who was also a concert pianist. And her rule was you wash your hands before you sit down at the piano every time. You don't touch that piano until you wash your hands. That's how you keep it clean. And then you can, you know, you can, you can spray a rag and wipe off the top with, with some stuff, but yeah, you don't spray onto the actual piano. So have you ever played piano Schweitz? Are you a piano player? I took lessons for a few years, but not, uh, not super good. Okay. I, uh, piano is one of the few instruments that just completely befuddles me. Like I get the, the, and I play guitar, you know, I've, I've played bass, I play guitar, I play a little mandolin. Uh, you know, if it's got strings on it, I can, I can figure it out to a degree. My kids have shown me how to, you know, correctly hold the bow and I can get a little sound out of a, a fiddle and whatnot. But the piano is just, I don't know what it is. I, I, I just completely stumps me. Yeah, that, that's odd to me because most people musically, everything relates back to the piano. So for instance, my daughter started learning playing guitar. She went on to ukulele, did a little mandolin stuff, but the piano seemed to come fairly naturally to her based on what she had done. So it's weird that I just find it kind of odd that it, it doesn't translate in your brain, uh, but uh, not nothing against you. I'm just saying it's, it's no, interesting. No, no, no. I, most, most people that I know musically right, right. fall into piano pretty easily if they've got something else, but not the case with you. Interesting. Just, if you, if you learn the very basics of a piano, it helps you visualize how the notes are laid out for everything else in a way sure, that, like you sure. can't look at a guitar and see how things are laid out. But like in a piano, it's literally just down the line and then it repeats. And that makes it really easy if you're just even learning basic uh, music theory, notes, all that stuff to, uh, and that translates to everything else. So if you're learning an instrument or want to learn an instrument, usually piano, at least the very basics of piano are the, are the best place to start. All right, Schweitz, I think you have a life hack attack for us this week. Is this correct? I, I, I do have a life hack attack. Uh, so Billy was, was talking about uh, Hallmark cards. He was talking about going to the store and using the machine, which I also did a lot as a, as a child. I don't know if any of you have used the machine that he was referring to that you essentially, you, you know, type in your own info and then it makes your own card for you. Um, but anyway, so I had a life hack that I figured out a few years ago. Uh, this works best for weddings or larger engagements where people, you know, everyone's getting the same card. I think we've all had events where, you know, if you get married or, or graduate college and, you know, have a graduation party, all of your cards essentially say the same thing. You know, after a while, you can only 
read that message over and over again. Sure. You're looking for sure. the check. You're looking for the cash inside. You're not really paying attention to that. And it's sort of really, I find it's really annoying to write the card because I don't want to say the same thing everybody else said. I usually end up writing what everybody else said, but I always wanted to sort of have my card stand out, but I didn't really want to think about what I had to write. So what I figured out to do is I get a card that usually has one or two lines in it. I cross those lines out with an X and I write that exact same message directly underneath it in my handwriting. And then I sign my name. So now I don't have to think about what I'm writing. The groom or the bride always laugh because it's just, they're not expecting it. It's different. And uh, yeah, it's really simple and uh, it always gets a positive reaction. So it's a dad joke is a card, but it always fits. So that I just is, wanted to share that with everyone. That is excellent. That is excellent. So my, my uh, quick hack as far as like making a dad joke out of a card I will actually get like a five-year-old's card or like happy seventh birthday. And I will cross out the seventh and just write whatever age my friends are turning uh, on top of it. And it's always like a little kid's card. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe it's an X-Men card or, you know, just some something silly, like a race car on it. Um, and I will just turn like a little kid's card into an adult's card uh, by changing the, the information in it. I got two for you. Uh, regarding like cards, Christmas cards and Christmas wrapping paper. What I'll do is I'll buy birthday stuff and I'll just write Jesus on it. And that's always a big hit. And then uh, I kind of, you mentioned being drunk in Costco the other day. So I tweeted this out, but I'll share it here. We're all married here. So life hack attack. When you get home, when you're on your way home from a Costco run with your significant under other, pretend like you really have to poop. And then as soon as you get inside, you help carry the groceries in, you just run straight to the bathroom and you sit there for 20 minutes and you won't have to help put the groceries away. Oh, you just sit man. there and play around on your phone. You don't have to poop. Just pretend like you're pooping. Right, and then you right. come out and be like, oh, wow, you should have waited. I would have helped. And boom. Scroll Twitter, listen, catch up on podcasts, whatever. Yeah, whatever. There's plenty of stuff to do on your phone. So I got, I got a dad joke too, more of a, a niece and nephew joke. Because again, you know, when kids are turning eight or whatever, you know, at a younger age, I always buy like a three-year-old card. Well, you're turning three, right? And it just drives them absolutely crazy because they want to feel like they're getting older. I always go with like a couple of years younger. Uh, they're, they're old enough now that that doesn't really work. But superpower is I am a, I should, I should work for Hallmark. I, when it comes to the card, I'm sorry. I'm going to, I'm, I'm buying something with a few lines or I'll, I'll, I'll take some time to pick the card out. But I'm telling you, something happens when I lean over that card and I'm writing something to my mom or my wife or my daughter uh, man, it, it just comes out and it just brilliance. It's, it's, I don't know what happens. It's, it's like Will Ferrell when he takes on, uh, in old school, I just, I black out and just write <laughs> what seems to just people will cry when they're done use, uh, reading my cards. So. I th think he's debating, uh, James Carville. Yes. Uh, James yeah. Carville. I mean, that was, that was getting that one left my brain. Yeah. The James yep. Carville scene. Yep. That was me. That's excellent. Excellent. I was just going to say, just back to, to what Will was saying, I've actually done the opposite where I had a, a little cousin who was turning one and I went to the store and I bought them like the gag, you know, 50 year old birthday card that has like all like the half naked men with banana hammocks hanging out. Cause like, and then I just wrote in the card, you can't read this. You won't get why this is funny. And, uh, and then the, the parents just howled because, you know, I knew they That's would get an under it 
underrated move is uh is is coming up with a joke for a card it makes it so much more memorable because like you said after a while you've opened you know a dozen you kind of it all kind of blends together but the the stupid joke the dad joke or the the silly card um is going to stick out or if you're mayor matt apparently you are uh william shakespeare reincarnate when he leans over that card mayor matt can we start some kind of pay service call it like cardio where I just pay you to write my cards for me. Oh, Man. that's outstanding. Man. I'm horrible yeah. at it. I'm a, I'm a professional writer and I'm just shitty. I'm so bad at this. It's always <laughs> like, I love you. You're a great wife. XOXO. I'm shitty. So sign up for cardio. No, you I'll, just I'll pay you, you lots of money. Hit, hit me up when it's close to your wife's birthday and uh, we'll work something out. All right. I hope she hope she does not listen to this. He already got busted for not. that uh, that life hack attack coming back from uh, from Costco. He tweeted that yeah. out and then immediately dropped in the group chat. God, I hope she doesn't see this. And then uh, yeah, a little bit later, started. she replied with, you're such an asshole. <laughs> well, the best part, if we start this, I can tell everybody I did cardio every single day. Oh, that's oh, <laughs> there we go. There we go. There we go. I love it. I love it. All right. I think we're going to land the plane right there, fellas. Before we get out of here, we want to introduce a new podcast coming from the Lauer After Hours Network titled Schweitz and Fern have a podcast, and we are thrilled to introduce it to you. So stick around for that after the credits. Mayor Matt, where can we find you? At Santini Matt. Steak Sauce, where can we find you on Twitter? I'm at Goat Piss Mike Ryan Fanacal. Schweitz, where can we find you? Schweitz underscore A-Y. Excellent, excellent. And I am at Wapple House on Twitter. Thank you so much for joining us on Midweek Menches. Welcome to Schweitz and Fern Have a Podcast, sponsored by Stoner Jeff's Anxiety Emporium. Hey, Fern, what's your favorite movie quote? <laughs> Borophil, classic. And that's Schweitz and Fern have a podcast. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.